Welcome to Well Articulated. articulated this is well articulated and we're gonna actually send it straight over to sam because she had a really specific topic that she wanted to talk about well and yeah from a very specific story Mm. so the other day i I saw a bear the other I did. day, the other day, I saw a bear. I saw a bear. Very big bear. Oh, sorry. This is Krabba Sings. Yeah. Krabba. <laughs> yeah. That, that'll be the next episode. All right. Oh, no. Great episode, guys. Let's wrap it up. Right, just kidding. Um, so the other day, I was talking to my friend because she's been trying to find a new dentist. And she went to the new dentist. And uh, she called me up after the appointment because I wanted to see how it went and she was like I'm not sure if I want to go back to the same dentist or if I kind of want to go to the dentist at all because I felt like they were just telling me every single little treatment plan with every single little price that I needed like not only a filling but I needed like a crown and possibly a root canal and something more like I felt like they were just ripping me off, and I was like, well, I mean, there's pros and cons about how that dentist went about it, and we're going to learn from the pro, Dr. Pareto. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice little pass. I think, yeah, I think Dr. we're going to try to, you know, cover the topic of, of just, you know, managing uh, patients' expectations and, and just kind of overall educating them about their oral health, oral health and just moving forward you know, what treatment's going to be, or treatment options are going to be the best for them. And so I think there's an appropriate way to go about that. And um, and I think that will then build confidence, uh, the patient's confidence in you, and then, you know, moving forward, if they do move forward with treatment, you know, um, it'll make it a smooth experience. And so it, it does start with us, um, you know, properly, you know, listening to a patient first and kind of understanding where they're coming from. And as you pointed out before, Started this Dr. Krabber that you know sometimes a patient might not know exactly you know where they're at and what their status of their oral health is and but you still want to listen to what they're thinking and what's on their mind and you know if they have certain goals or if they've had previous things told to them you know all that history stuff in the beginning before you start getting into all the the uh, finer details and assessment of that and so and I agree with that thousand percent it is so important to listen to your patients because they have an idea you know and then we have to listen to it and then we have to give them our ideas and give them options and a lot of times you can't judge a book by its cover either so you know we need to listen to our patients and I've seen that in medical big time that a lot of doctors don't listen to their patients, and I think that's so unfair to that patient, especially if they're coming in, paying, you know, or spending time with them. Give five, ten minutes to them. Sometimes mm-hmm. some of my best patients have the best stories, too, and it's just great, even though they're numb sometimes. They tell them <laughs> right. the story, but, okay, I mean, you miss yeah. out on, like, that's, like, a whole <laughs> part of, like, the actual fun of it, it is. is learning about the patient. But you're building you know, relationships, yeah. too, and that's the beautiful thing about it, too. Um, so yeah, you want to be able to kind of, you know, collaborate together and find, you know, a common ground of like what you can actually achieve based on, you know, what they're looking for and, you know, how they present. Um, and then from there, 
you know, it's, it's all about educating. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what's been your guys' experience in clinic and talking to patients about Can I treatment? jump in there really oh, yeah. quick? Yeah. Because the patient education to me was very important. And, you know, with my office staff and everything, we have models. We can draw pictures. We had to give ideas to our patients so they understood what they were getting into. Because some of the treatment plans can turn into different options. So we can talk about extractions. We can talk about implants. We can talk about partials. So we do have to give them all the options, but mm-hmm. they should be educated on it. And unfortunately, they don't get that education anywhere else besides the dental school besides a, a dental office or a dental clinic. My big thing, too, I always talk about product. When they're selling product on the TV commercial, they're selling product. They're not educating us how to do it. They don't tell us how to floss teeth. They don't tell right. us how to brush teeth. So that's our onus. That's on us as dental professionals is to making sure that we're educating people properly. You know, and that's, you know, the beginning basis of is this. You know, starting with good patient management so they want to come back. So you could create a recall system. You know, I had tons of patients that came back that want to see my staff. You know, not just me. They want to see my staff because these were the same people. And we treated them well. And we treated them with the kindness of the heart. And it wasn't the money. People know when you're talking about the money. You know, they're just like, oh, my God, they're talking about money again. So it's a different complexion. Different offices will do different things, different philosophies. Our philosophy was more from the heart. And that's why I I portray to you guys as student doctors because that's what I want you to do is do the good quality care by the heart. The money will fall into place later. Don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. Because you're doing a kind thing and then people will come back as long as they're confident and you relieve the fear. And then they send their, their family members and they send their friends. You know, if they broke a tooth, who do you call? Who do you go to? Instantly, boom. Call this doctor, Dr. Caraba, you know, we smell dental, or, you know, Dr. Wongster, or Dr. Deutsche, you know, um, Franklin, or Wong. We smell or we yeah. smile? <laughs> <laughs> we, smile. <laughs> we smell a lot. We smile when you smile, and we smell dental. If you go that extra mile, that. though, with, like, the, the education part of it, and oh, just being it. there, you know, for the patient to try to, like, help them understand what's going on, like, it goes miles. Like, today, just, totally. you know, a specific example, I had a new patient and um he was kind of on the fence on some of the treatment and i said hey you know you have my email here if you have any further questions just shoot me an email i'd be happy to kind of go over in more depth about what you need you know, there's no pressure to to make a decision today mm-hmm. and um then he reached out to me and you know i got back to him and he's like hey let's let's do this next week and so you know, just being there for a patient it, it'll make them feel really comfortable and that you that you care and, and are, are putting their best interests uh there and and then you know, you'll be able to do do the treatment. But the most gratifying thing after you would finish a case like that is the recall system, like I was saying. Because when they come back, you know, you did a great job on them. They keep coming back. You build a great relationship, you know. So that's the, the finer thing of finishing all that treatment is integrating them to your family practice. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the family practice concept, too. Yep. You know, you treat them like family. But us as office members, front and back staff, and providers, and hygienists, we're a family with inside it, too, because we're with each other more than our family some weeks. So, this is so much tangent on this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, Dr. Okay. Prieto, keep on no. going. So let's, well, let's hear from you guys, yeah. kind of what you've been experiencing in clinic, and just how you talk to patients about managing, you know, kind of what... I was going to say that, like... Obviously, patient education has been so big for me and my patients because 
uh, when I do their initial exam, I think, oh, okay, like we have a space that we could put a tooth in to replace it. There's so many options. And so I run it by my patient first and be like, oh, like, how do you want to replace the space? Do you know what a bridge is? Do you know what a partial denture is? Do you know what an implant is? Uh, kind of get them to start thinking. And obviously, I use like visuals and drawings and all that. And it's nice because they seem so open to all of the uh, ideas and different treatments because I'm educating on what, educating them on all the different options and the pros and cons of things. But I think it's funny because the patients we serve in school are like underserved, you know, they're on Medicaid and they have so much complex like they have a complex case that you're just like oh you have all these treatment plans but then coming from like a suburban city of Chicago where most people brush their teeth and it's rare you know to find someone needing a crown or like to get their the nerve or the tooth removed that they're like oh my god that's the worst thing that could ever happen because my dad has freaked out about you know getting a crown on some of his teeth he's like it they drill it down to a little nub and who wants a nub as a tooth and I have to like go back and realize even people who brush their teeth and you know sometimes get these really big cavities get freaked out and you have to be patient with them and realize that even though they're doing a great job like this just happens you know once in a blue moon and you have to educate them on like why instead of putting a giant filling in that tooth just to save it putting a crown on it or like doing something a little bit more invasive to keep it more long term I think that's... what do you uh, consider you know expectations when patients come in you know they expect something and they think they're going to get it one way mm -hmm. and it turns out to be something else how often does that happen do you do you see that a lot really frequently yeah. well i think that was a huge thing for my friend she went into the office thinking oh i'm gonna just have like a normal cleaning like my teeth have been fine like i've been brushing you know i don't know if she's been flossing but I think her oral hygiene is pretty okay, so I think her going into a new dentist, like, not having a good relationship with them at first, and then just being like, okay, you need a little bit more than a filling, or, like, you have three or four fillings, I think that took her back a little bit and scared her a little bit, so... I'm not opposed, and I even told my patients, get a second opinion. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm about totally to good say. about it. That, that's fine. Go and do it, you know, because... You know, a lot of times they did get a second opinion if they wanted it, but they came back. Mm -hmm. And some of the patients, I, I really wanted them to get a second opinion because I didn't want them to come back, unfortunately. Um, and then they came back. They're just too nice, Dr. Yeah, Kyle. you know, but that's just the complexion of doing a good thing. And, yeah, yep. you know, you know that you're doing the right thing when people come back. Well, and that's, you know. I wanted to kind of talk about that mm -hmm. as well as that. I mean, so my friend also had a, such, a certain situation where he, because he actually assisted at a dental practice for a while, um, and so he kind of understood a little bit about, like, what cavities look like on radiographs, like, all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, and he was, like, he got all of his x-rays, and he, the person was like, well, you've got a, you've got one here, 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 and here, kind of thing, and then he asked his other, another dentist, 
and the dentist explained that yeah they're the like their decalcifications is kind of what we might kind of call them is where they're not quite a cavity yet but you know you wouldn't necessarily fill them but they're in the early stages yeah and so it's never bad to necessarily get that second opinion from somebody one of my major red flags too if you go to back to that office and you ask them for your x-rays which are your legal documents you Mm -hmm. paid for them and they say no you can't have them that's a big red flag yeah oh absolutely (laughs) you know and then some charge for the x-rays you paid for them already yeah and you know if they're going to charge you extra to get a digital x-ray come on you know, I could see it in analog when it was, you know, dip tank and having to make copies. But nowadays with digital, come on. Yeah. If you want a copy of your x-rays from your, your first doctor for a second opinion, you paid for them already. Mm-hmm. So that's what you paid for your x-rays when you came in for your exam. Yeah, but so yeah, no. One so of my cross. I, I absolutely, like, and the other thing with it is that they're, each dentist has their own uh, idea of when you need to start treatment on a cavity I feel like I feel like and you have to develop your own you know uh, definition in that sense yourself and there so are, some there some are dentists, times you know decalcifications we we're talking about that that's the white chalky right. look on the teeth the tooth you know we get that from fluorosis we could get it from a bunch of different things but you know we can guide our patients mm-hmm. and if we can clean them up and they start doing the right thing they come in on recall system you know we could put some things on watches yeah exactly but once it starts breaking through the enamel you see that yellowish orangish look and it's definitely modeled you know you know it's breaking through you gotta go after it Mm -hmm. so i try to give people chances sometimes we talk about fluoride rinses we talk about providence right you know we talk about a lot of different uh, not providence uh, what the list of fluoride yeah providence fine yeah so you know we talk about that to try to arrest any of those spots and not get them promoted to you know the higher risk patients right exactly well and that's like some in some dentists you know, if they are a high risk patient, some even in one of our uh, lectures, uh, one of our faculty were like, "Well, you know, yeah, you could watch it, but they're already a high risk. They're extreme risk for caries. Like maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to just take care of them right now because they've got caries all over the place. If they have like rampant caries, maybe getting it taken care of before, like sooner rather than later, might be a good idea." But that's, you know, that's kind of going on with this. I'll I'll tangent a little bit like usual. Um, But the the management, you know, because once we get our, um, if a patient hasn't seen a doctor or dentist in a long time, you know, once we grow that relationship and they get an understanding of how to brush, floss, drink water, kind of listen to things we ask them to do, they become better for them, their self, their health. And, you know, the promotion of that, you know, we could arrest certain things because now they have an understanding of how to keep it do their homework at home you know no one likes to do homework at home but for oral health or for mouth health tooth health or even general health it's not a bad thing to do yeah and that's our part as professionals is sharing that with them so they can be a healthier individual yeah and I mean and I'm I obviously completely agree with you on that I'd much rather watch something and wait for it to get to a spot where it's like point of no return but just for devil's advocate, there are some dentists that, you know, there are good reasons why they nece- don't necessarily watch spots that could possibly be watched. But it comes back to just educating the patient. Right, you exactly. let them know, like, the risk and benefits of, you know, the decisions that you're that you're uh, putting in front of them, like the options in front of them, then mm-hmm. 
then they can make an informed decision then. But right. that's why we, we have some preventative stuff like sealants and stuff that's non-invasive mm -hmm. because once we start preparing a tooth or going, you know, removing something from a tooth, you really can't go it's back to that enamel. Yeah. You know, so we try to preserve that enamel as much as possible because we know the enamel is the strongest layer of the tooth and then after that we're dentin and we're right. sensitivity and layers. And... You know, so trying to preserve the enamel is the most important thing. So. No, absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about because I've had I think this will this will be on another podcast if it hasn't been on one yet. But I had a patient where patient expectation kind of rolling all the way back to that. A uh, patient had been told by another dentist that they were going to be able to get a partial on the bottom and a denture on the top. Mm -hmm. They come to the school. We decide that they their teeth aren't stable enough for us to make a partial. And then that's another thing of this is like having to explain to the patient, you know, your expectations coming in, we're not necessarily what is going to come out of this because we have to make you a upper and a lower denture. But that's rolling back to the idea of that first first tooth the person lost. You yeah. know, then they're losing the whole mouthful when they had mm -hmm. them their whole life and they, they think they can maybe save them, but sometimes you're past that point. Yep, absolutely. But, I got a good story. Did I tell you the the eye story tooth, the eye tooth? No, yeah, you, yeah. Did you I, haven't did said I, it on the podcast. On the podcast? No. So oh, I'm kind of, I just got to bring this, and I guess we got to wrap up at some point. Yeah. But a, a patient came in, he had a broken down canine, and uh, traditionally we call a canine an eye tooth. So he comes in, his expectation, you know, maybe I was going to be able to save his eye tooth. Unfortunately, so broken down, I was I was getting a treatment plan on to take out the tooth. And then he looked at me and said, you can't take it out. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? It's decayed, you know, it's infected, it's not good. And what did he, he tell me straight up? I'm going to lose my sight because it's an eye tooth. <laughs> and, uh, a canine is an eye tooth because it's a very long, straight tooth, and we call it an eye tooth. It is not connected to your eye socket by any means. PSA, so PSA. I just wanted uh, to share that one with yeah, you. No, and that also comes <laughs> back to that patient education, making sure that, and like even patient expectation, and making sure that, you know, informing the patient of why you're doing it, not just, hey, we have to do this. Because it, from a patient aspect as well which is kind of how we started this out mm -hmm. if you're not getting told why you're doing something in somebody's mouth and you know that you're getting something taken away from your tooth you want to make sure that you know exactly why that's happening some pa patients just kind of throw their trust at the dentist which is understandable mm -hmm. too but um you know as from the patient aspect you want to know why people are doing things and so that's something that really needs to happen too is to actually educate the patients as to why we need to do this, why we need to do that. You know, these are the different things that might have to happen as well because, like, they might have been planning a root canal and then they think, oh, well, they're overselling me because it's on the treatment plan. But explaining to that patient, oh, we just might need to do this, but we want to make sure that we have it on the treatment plan. This might not need to be done is also just just that five-second statement Oh yeah, is huge to yeah. making sure that the patient understands that like what's going on exactly too. Sometimes yeah. we do see a, a tooth or a couple teeth that we're questioning that it's a very deep decay and we're going to try to prevent 
it from going a bigger type of treatment. But sometimes we'll give you an idea of, you know, this is the worst case scenario on that, so we don't have to throw it at you later. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that should be covered in your treatment plan, a good presentation, so you have an understanding that, yeah, this can potentially have a filling, but potentially it could go this other way. Right. So it's not good to pull on your patients that say, oh, yeah, let's do a filling, and then in back of your mind say, oh, this might go somewhere else. So you need to kind of make your patients aware of potentials. Yep. You know, and it kind of stinks because some treatment plans go through the roof because you're given a possibility on mm -hmm. them. So that's why we sometimes do option B and C, just right. in case type deal. But if you have multiple teeth, it gets difficult. If you have one or two, it's easier to put that treatment plan together. Yep. But if you have like multiple, multiple, that's where it gets a little, a little crazier. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, and that's that's another thing is that price point kind of might scare patients away too once you give them all those different options. But it's something that you need to do, like you're saying, because in the long scheme, like in the long term they'll be more educated about what's happening and that's and just better a better to way catch to do things it. earlier too yeah than obviously. to say well we have to actually do this now it's going to be another six hundred dollars or whatever you know and so. i've seen people disappear for a little bit then it got worse over time yep and they still expected that original treatment that i gave them six months or 12 months ago unfortunately you know they had a high risk and that that broke down even more so i had nothing to work with yeah and absolutely. then that's a disappointment on top of it you told me you could have did this but Unfortunately, that was a year ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the damage it was done there, and it got worse over time, too. Dr. Prieto, you had something? Yep. Oh, I was... Uh, so, how would you go about helping out your friend, I guess, now? Or what does everyone kind of think would be the best route of helping out um, your friend? Honestly, I would tell her to, you know, go get a second opinion if need be. Like Dr. Kravis said, we always... No DIY or DIY or whatever. <laughs> yeah. no, no yeah. Don't do it on your own tooth. No, no, no. But um, taking a Dremel. And I think that a second opinion stuff. is uh, a great idea. Plus, I feel like if like find the dentist who you're most comfortable with. We yeah. all have our own personalities, how we like to go about it, and um, because we're such a supportive community with each other, I think that you'll find just someone who fits and go with them but it goes with any profession too you know you're gonna find good ones and bad ones unfortunately mm -hmm. and you know even the good people that talk a great game too you know expectations confidence level you know sometimes you don't know what you're getting to so you know it's that's why second opinion is good for any type of treatments or you know when I'm get my trees cut at my house or when I'm doing something I want three yeah. estimates I want I want to get three different people to check it out so I don't know you know with professionals, with medical and dental, it gets a little trickier because you have insurance and they only cover two exams a year. So everyone's always thinking insurance, insurance, insurance. Unfortunately, if you want better quality treatment, sometimes you got to pay a little out of pocket for another exam or when you have more than two cleanings a year, you have to pay a little out of pocket there. But you're preserving yourself. You're preserving mm -hmm. your health. You know, so Absolutely. those are other topics. Yeah. <laughs> but to wrap this up, my only uh, answer to her question was wait till I'm out of school. 
Alright, wow. Well. <laughs> and that's it for today, guys. Um, we hope you liked your the podcast today. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, or any recommendations for concerns, concerns just about just throw it at Deutsche. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. Guy. Concerns about Jordan. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just email us or like us on Facebook. Support us, and thanks for listening. Keep yes. on listening. Thank you. See Peace. you guys. Hey everybody, Dr. Krabber here, a.k.a. The Beast. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to follow and subscribe. And of course, listen to us every Sunday when we have new releases. Thank you so much for being with us. And remember, brush your teeth, floss those teeth, and drink water after the sweets. Right, Jordan? Absolutely. Why, thank you, sir. Our podcast, while we're taking it, is a creation developed by professionals, dentists, and student dentists which is an opinionated-based podcast for those interested in dental and general health issues with storytelling and fun facts in between. This disclaimer covers the following 